does uh, Mr. Bennett's wife, does Mrs. Bennett, uh, does she finally get that yapper bitten off by a zombie? You know, I have to hope. I haven't finished it yet. <laughs> I um, think anyone I been... who's been exposed to Pride and Prejudice would love to see Mrs. Bennett get her brain eaten. Just get eaten. Right. <laughs> the, the, I, the thing that will happen probably is Bennett and uh, Mr. and Mrs. Bennett will both get bitten and have to listen to her forever. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. You know, <laughs> the worst fate ever for anyone. <laughs> Hello and welcome to FilmNerds.com. I'm your host once again, Matt Scalisi. Uh, and with us for the fourth installment of this fascinating series is Sean Hode, our resident zombie expert here at FilmNerds.com and a uh, member of the faculty at the University of Alabama. Welcome back, Sean. Thanks. It's a series that will not die. That's right. That's very appropriate. Well, uh, Today, we're going to be talking about a topic that we have touched on in the previous podcast, but we're going to get into it uh, in a little more depth today, and that is the idea of zombies as consumers and, and what zombie fiction has had to say over the years about consumerism. Um, and when we talk about uh, those two ideas converging, consumerism uh, as applied to zombies, there's really one movie, or I guess one uh concept of a movie that everybody immediately turns to and that is dawn of the dead uh and obviously there have been two versions of that film made and we'll we'll be talking about both of them today sean can you briefly take us through uh why that is sort of the instant connection everybody makes when we talk about zombies and consumerism oh sure okay well in um in the way that uh we talked about before Night of the Living Dead was about race, turned out to be about race because their best actor happened to be Dwayne Jones, who was black. And, you know, it, it was just a sort of a serendipitous thing that happened and, and turned everything on its head where you can look at it and, and, and say, wow, this is about, you know, you can look at, at race by, by looking at the concept of the this zombie, you know. Um, this was not accidental in Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead, um, it, it was accidental in a certain way, but... But once Romero had the shopping mall idea, he knew that he could make a very uh, trenchant but also very funny um, comparison between the zombies, uh, you know, mindless consumers of flesh, right, and non-human, uh, non-zombie humans um, who are oftentimes, especially in shopping malls, mindless consumers of products. And how this happened was that he, um, George Romero was a very well liked is is I should say a very well liked and well respected um, uh, you know film guy and TV guy in in um, the Pittsburgh area uh, in the in the late seventies when when uh, they're getting ready to make Dawn of the Dead because he was so well liked and so well known in the in the area making commercials and also because of Night of the Living Dead success um, when it came time for him to I need a place to make my next zombie movie. Uh, he knew he happened to know the owner of the shopping mall, and your, your listeners who were born after in the mid '70s uh, to think of this—you know, shopping malls haven't always been around. 
And um, the idea of taking uh, the, the street, you know, the boulevard where you have shops and putting a roof over it so you can shop in any kind of weather. And it's, you know, always going to be open, rain or shine or snow or zombies or whatever, um, was a really new and interesting and for some people scary uh, concept <clears throat> because it allowed us to really give in. I mean, there's nothing other to nothing to do in a mall other than shop, other than spend money or find ways to spend money. Um, and and this is what that is what the shopping mall is for. It's you're not you're not appreciating any sort of beautiful scenery or anything like that. You know, you're there to consume. And so he happened to luck into this giant location, this giant essentially studio, where all of the you know all of the uh, um, most all of the movie is shot after the beginning SWAT scene and everything. Um, and it's because he had this friend who, who owned the shopping mall. And this, this gave him the idea that once he had the location, he knew what he wanted to do with this movie. He wanted to make it into a, a, a real comment on consumerism and zombies. To, the, uh, to his surprise, the, the comments that he had subconsciously perhaps made about race in uh, Night of the Living Dead were huge, in, and people were still talking about it. And he said, well, this time I'm going to do it on purpose. I'm going to, I'm going to talk about something important on purpose. And, uh, and, it, and it really worked out. What's interesting? interesting um, note on this is that, uh, to show you how times have changed, 80% of the shops in that mall, in the Monroeville Mall, which is a real mall, um, right outside of Pittsburgh, 80% of the shops said, sure, you can use our name in there. <laughs> as, there's, as there's bloody entrails being dragged you in know, front of their name, yeah. Oh, you guys, you guys are just having a good time. You know, the brown derbies in there and JCPenney and all this stuff, and they didn't have to make up any stuff where um, not even Starbucks, which you'd think of as kind of the hip, you know, the hip coffee place, uh, not even Starbucks would let its name be used in, in the remake. Right, it's all it's all generic. Nobody wanted to touch <laughs> to touch that in in two thousand four. Right, which is which is uh, you know without uh, the movie paying them a lot of money. Let me let me ask you this. Um, you know, obviously, part of the reason that our heroes in Dawn of the Dead uh, go to a shopping mall is um, that it is you know from a from a very surface plot standpoint, it's a good place to hole up. They have everything they need. But yeah. do do you think that that George Romero uh, you know, would maybe draw a distinction between, uh, you know, our need as human beings to, you know, we do need to consume a certain amount just for survival, really, not not necessarily out of greed. Uh, but but talk about how he sort of makes that distinction between, you know, our need for, say, food and, you know, right. protection and then how how it sort of gets out of control from there. Right, and our need to wear 12 Rolexes and, and play uh, play poker using real money from the bank. Right. Sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but what, well, what's funny is I think he handles it really well. They, they the four characters, the four main characters, they uh, they land on um, they land on the mall roof. Uh, and at first, uh, and malls were new enough at that point where um, where uh, people where one of the characters, uh, Roger, he is not. He's like, what is that? And he goes, and and, uh, and Peter says, oh, it's one of those new shopping malls, and it looks very fortress like. You know, it looks very safe and fortress-like. And what they're going to do in the beginning is just go in, get some supplies, and then get out to go somewhere safer um, to try to find other survivors and, you know, that sort of thing. And um, they, <laughs> they stop, and, they, and they, uh, they do find, they find, like, a lot of uh, um, 
survival. I don't, I don't know what you would call it. You know, like there, there's huge casks of water and, and all this all this food, this prepacked food that can last a long time, like emergency supplies. But instead of loading up the helicopter and getting getting the heck out of there with that, they say uh, they say, hey, wait a minute. There's a lot of stuff in this mall. There's a lot of stuff we could use. We could stay here for a while and have fun and be safe and be safe from the uh, from the zombies. And uh, it it works out pretty well as long as they as long as they control their their greed. But as soon as, of course, they get some some kind of competition for it um, with the biker gang, you know, they, they, they go, you know, you can't take this. This is ours. We we took it. And uh, and so the greed over things they absolutely don't need leads to, you know, most of them getting killed by the zombies. It's not so much that that Romero is, is making fun of us for, you know, needing to consume thing. It's it, it's 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 when it's when it suddenly becomes about uh, having a good time with it and, and doing it to excess. Right. Right. I think I think when he is is uh, having when he's making if he's making fun of anybody, which I'm sure he is at some points, right? He's making fun of the the people that want to have conspicuous consumption when there's no one to see it. <laughs> there's no one. They, zombies don't care. Zombies do not care if you're wearing uh, a gold watch or a new you know new clothes or whatever like that. Um, they, they they care about eating your flesh, you know. Right. Um, but they are, are each sort of trying to impress each other or themselves. They simply don't know. What else to do other than consume? You know, they don't know what, what else to do other than, well, let's go into the jewelry store and get some nice jewelry and, you know, and, and play around and, and get t- TV while, they, while there's still TV going um, and, and uh, you know, make a raid on the gun store. That makes sense, at least. Um, but uh, other than that, I mean, does, does Francine really need, you know, makeup and a vanity and all this stuff? Right. It, it's like... I mean, or, or if we were really faced with an apocalyptic sort of situation like that, I mean, would we need that? Would we need those sort of comforts? Um, I think Romero is, is trying to make the point that it's that it's silly, um, and and that they and then and it's and you know it's literally ridiculous, and they should be ridiculed for it. You know, obviously, it's it's the the Romero version of this film that everybody points to as really making a an impressive statement on this topic. But I want to ask you if there's anything in particular that you thought uh, Zack Snyder did in his version uh, that that commented in a in a new way or an interesting way on this uh, on this idea. Right. Well, the, the Zack Snyder film, I adore that movie. Um, <laughs> but other than having a shopping mall and some zombies, it really doesn't have a lot to do with uh, with the original Dawn of the Dead, in my opinion. Um, because the well, the characters are a lot uh, a lot smarter actually. Um, the characters they they go out of their way to help of now now some of them get killed because of this you know but they go out of their way to help other people that are in need like when the truck backs up um, and they let them in and and uh, you know they to, to help the other to help the other people uh, who are you know some survivors some have already been bitten and are, are going to be lost um, especially that fat old lady which is really scary she was scary probably when she was alive but um <laughs> yeah uh, but. Uh, they use the they use the mall sort of more as a as a uh, um how should I say more as a as like a supply closet really than hey we're in the mall we're boom. you know there's one scene where there, I mean there's one sort of montage where 
you know, they're playing, they're playing video golf and they're, you know, screwing around with some stuff, but it's really kind of a, they really want to get, they seem to want to get out of the mall, especially the, uh, uh, Ving Rhames character. He wants to get out and see if his brother is alive at that, at that one place, at the one, uh, shelter that's been compromised. I mean, he knows in his heart that that's gone, that his brother is gone if he was there, but he still wants to go and, and, and see and, and rest of them go, we can't stay here forever. And, uh, Really, there's nowhere else to go. <laughs> they find out at the end. But as far as a comment on on consumerism, though, it really doesn't have. He, Zack Snyder didn't seem to be as interested in that. He actually seemed to be more interested in the apocalyptic um, implications of it. And I think that that made for a really effective movie. But it's a different kind of comment entirely. Um, and some people were disappointed in this about consumerism. They weren't making comment about consumerism. They were making more comment about um, apocalyptic uh, survival. And so that's a different kind of movie. Some people took him to task. for like, oh, it's lacking the depth of the original uh, Dawn of the Dead. Um, and, you know, I mean, remakes will always get, will always get you know, abused. But um, they, uh, it, it, really is, uh, it really is a different, a different movie. It's a different movie where it's not really trying to talk about consumerism that much. It happens to be in a mall, which is still a great fortress-like place, but uh, they don't have the mall is nowhere as nearly as important um, to the zombies or to the people who are in it in the 2004 version as they were in the 1978 version. Maybe maybe we should have seen that as a as a sign of the coming uh, recession. They they weren't (laughs) they weren't as interested anymore in in consuming. Right? Well, it's just going to be worth in a couple of years. What's the resale value? <laughs> That's what the, it's, it's funny, though, because uh, if you think about it, uh, I, I highly doubt we're in a, an apocalyptic uh, <laughs> financial situation right now or anything. But, but um, if, if items lose their, their, in, their value, if they don't have any, like a gun, if, if there's a zombie uh, infestation and you have a gun, well, there's something that has intrinsic value as long as you have ammo. Um, but rings and uh, clothes and things like that, they don't have that intrinsic value. And what it makes you realize in Zack Snyder's version, also Romero's original version, but in Zack Snyder's version, is that these things never really had any value. And it makes that incredibly uh, just really obvious and stark, the way, that, the way that he does that, the way that Zack Snyder presents that. And really, in a way, I think there's one interesting uh, portion. I, I always point to that to the sort of beginning scenes, actually before they get to the mall in Zack Snyder's yeah. version, that are really captivating to me. And I, I think it's really interesting that he, uh, you could you could sort of point this uh, to towards consumerism a little that uh, the sort of mayhem in the movie really begins in a in a suburb and it's sort of this perfectly manicured little right. uh, suburban division and it's you know it's it's made to look ordered uh, and and perfectly sort of everything about it screams safety uh, and then as soon as this all starts going down it's it's the most terrifying place you've ever seen you know it's 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 just people you know lunging at each other's necks and cars hitting each other and uh, Complete so, chaos. Yeah, and I and it, I, like you said, sort of the value of of uh, that people you know that people sort of pay extra money to live in a in a little subdivision like that. It's it's suddenly all out the window. The value's gone. Right. Uh, yeah. Exactly. I think you put that exactly right. Um, when Anna uh, in the, the Sarah Polly character 
in Dawn of, in the new Dawn of the Dead comes out um, having narrowly escaped from her her zombified husband, uh, who soon will be coming out the front door. She has the key, car keys in her hand, and is going to the car, and stops and looks up. And this is one of the reasons why I like Zack Snyder so much as a filmmaker. You see her face and her utter shock and reaction before you see what she's looking at. You see her reaction first. And then you, you see from behind her head, you see this, you know, one of these perfect, as you say, manicured subdivisions. Uh, and some houses are on fire. People are being chased, you know, chased all over the place. Um, her neighbor, who she knows, is holding a gun on her, and he gets hit by an ambulance. He's dead, you know. Um, and and she has no idea what's going on. All she knows is that the safe and, if I may say, about people that live in subdivision sometimes, a smug sort of lifestyle that you might have from being so financially insulated is gone. Is gone in an instant. And uh, not to mention, I mean, her husband's worse than dead, but he's dead, right? And she, you know, she gets in her in her car and gets out, and is very lucky to to get out. Um, but everything is gone. Everything's gone haywire. You you see, not only has the subdivision gone down, right? So you've got so you've got the, you know, middle class, upper middle class people are not safe. You've got as she's on her way, you've got this this metro bus that's been compromised, and you've got a woman. I mean, very intentionally, it looks like she's being raped, but she's, you know, not really being raped. She's just being attacked and bitten and eaten by the zombies, and soon she will be one. So you've got public services like that. You've got, um, as she drives away, and they, and they, and they, they, uh, what's the word? Not pan, but, you know, they, they, they zoom they out. Pull, they pull out, yeah. They pull out, yeah. And you see that the fires and everything are, are everywhere. And, and, and so this, this menace is, is just everywhere. And you see an ambulance hit this other car and burst into, I think it's an ambulance, it might be just be a van, but hit this other car and burst into flames. There is no safety anywhere, no matter what your, um, no matter what your, uh, your social standing or your, or your, your, um, your wealth is. And that's all conveyed. And, and it also doesn't matter if you're young, because we've got, we've got Vivian in the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. She's the first person that we see <clears throat> who's in, excuse me, who's infected. And of course, I love that because Vivian. I mean, that means life, you know. Um, and uh, so, you know, I can skate backwards, and then she's dead. She's, she's of course, she's worse than dead. She's, you know, she's a zombie. And um, so you see that it affects everyone. And when that when that truck pulls into the in, into the uh, into the mall, and they let the people in again, already in the mall, you've got people. You know, you've got a policeman. You've got you know Sarah Polly, who's a nurse. You know, you've got you know you've got people for, who do different things. It's kind of a uh, mechy. Is that how you pronounce it, Mackey, McKee, Pfeiffer? Uh, I, I think it's I think it's Mackay Pfeiffer. Mackay, okay, that's sorry. how I've heard it. Okay, well, Mackay Pfeiffer then, and and you've got him, and he, he's kind of like a reformed, you know, street guy. And so you've got all different people, and then when they let the people in, uh, you know, who have been injured or hiding from the zombies, they're from all different walks of life. You've got the uh, the Ty Burrell person, the Steve, who's this, you know jerk you know uh you know and you and you've got um you know you've got the young the young girl with her dad i mean you've got everybody represented and and i think that he does a better i think that snyder does a better job with that because that was his point than than romero did because romero's point was different snyder was saying look here's here's our little noah's ark you know the mall is like our little noah's ark in this apocalyptic uh you know our apocalyptic situation 
and now how are the various uh, animals going to get along together? Whereas, whereas uh, Romero was, of course, going after the consumerism, which was as a... I mean, you can go back to the writings of Dickens. You can probably go back to the writings of, you know, Plato and find, you know, oh, this generation is too materialistic, you know. But um, he, he, his, his idea was to, to show the materialism and consumerism, uh, whereas, whereas um, Snyder, with showing this, all these different kinds of people, um, was showing that apocalyptic mentality. Right, and I, I think I think you know part of it. What you touched on, I think some of it is uh, has to do with the the context the movies were released in. Obviously, you said Romero uh, is putting out his movie at a time when really the, the shopping mall, the dawn of that idea, was really taking that sort of consumerism to the next level. That wouldn't have been necessarily uh, as much of a new idea for Zack Snyder. Um, but there, right there, there is um, there is one thing that I think you've You've uh, commented on uh, in a few public places recently. Um, there was a there's a story in the Tuscaloosa News that everybody can find if you just search for Sean's name. Um, but uh, th- there's kind of a, a wave of, if you if you will, uh, the the sort of mass consumer market is now uh, has has a little bit of a taste for for zombie fiction. This is this is becoming a little more. I like nice. the way you put that. <laughs> a taste for it, yeah. Yeah, it has a taste for it. Right. Well, you know, this was this was not the most palatable genre for many, many years, and I think it's it's becoming a little more uh mainstream. It's 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 hitting with with the you know, the masses a little bit more. But I want you to talk about this uh this new wave of sort of pop zombie fiction, if you will, and, and sure. where this is coming from. Yeah, that's great. Okay. Uh zombies, as I had said in an earlier one of our earlier podcasts is have always been kind of a movie creature because they do rather than think. Uh, they're you know they're interested in, in you know they're going to eat your brain or they're going to eat your body or whatever they're going to turn you into a zombie. Um, not you're not so much concerned with what's my motivation and that sort of thing. Um, so now we have the what we have is uh, this is a brilliant idea is that now that that everything is uh, that if I say to you you know not to you Matt Scalise but but like to you, Joe Schmo, who doesn't have anything to do with movies, you know, maybe you go to movies, you're just a regular person. And I say to you, hey, there's a zombie down the street. What are we going to do? Okay, let's, let's say that, you know, that, that's a thing that, that you would just say I'm crazy. Well, he'd say, okay, we should shoot it in the head or we should, you know, get away from it before it bites us and infects us, right? We should, you know, make sure that, that uh, people don't get near it, you know, right? You've got this entire cultural knowledge about the zombie all right, the Romero-esque zombie, sure. um, which everybody pretty much considers a zombie now, um, where, where uh, to the point where you can do things like you can make uh, the book that you're referring to, um, one of the books is um, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. And it's brilliant because, I mean, the, the Pride and Prejudice is in the public domain. You can do whatever you want with it. And um, so he made it. Uh, he said it's, it's 85% um, Austin and, and 15% zombie menace. And it's incredibly well done, very clever, and, and very much in the spirit. Uh, the writing is very much in the in the in the, in the spirit of Austin. Um, it, they have that Regency period sort of sort of dialogue and things like that. But it's dealing with zombies. And uh, and uh, Elizabeth Bennet now is a, is this sort of um, she used to be you know she and Jane were the most beautiful of the Bennet sisters. Now they're the best warriors, you know, of the <laughs> of the Bennet sisters. And and um, not only ha- uh, does Mister Bennet uh, have ten thousand a year, but he also has killed over one thousand of the unmentionables. You know, 
So it, so it's very clever. But also, you can do that now, no, because people are going to go, and zombies? What do they mean by zombies? I mean, it's, it's, uh, everybody knows exactly what is meant by the, when you say zombie. Unless you're drawing some sort of distinction like, you know, smart zombies or fast zombies or that sort of thing. You, are, you, are, you, have, a, you have a um, sort of a status quo kind of idea of a zombie. And now you can do things like uh, they have uh, young adult novels that are out. There's one called uh, Generation Dead where zombies are taking over the high school. And, you know, you, you've, got, <laughs> you've got a lot of, a lot of fun stuff. You've got, um, of, course, of course, movies. Um, there's one uh, called, uh, which is funny because it's like Pride. It's just completely independent of the Pride and Prejudice and zombies. But it's, um, it's going to be called Pride and Predator. And, and is it, it is it basically the same idea? Yeah, it's it's the same. Yeah, I believe so. Um, that it's it's basically the the Elizabethan uh, no Elizabethan excuse me uh, Regency period, but there's but there's uh, there's uh, the Predator is there. Okay. <laughs> so you know from the Predator movies, right, so right. I, I uh, um, it should be it should be fun. Elton John's uh, Elton John's um, company is making it so it's got it's got basically it's pride and prejudice and then there's an alien an alien crash lands and it's and it's you know predator it's the predator alien <laughs> and it, it's hilarious you know it's a great idea but um so so it's the same sort of thing where we, we know what the predator thing is but we know even better what, what the zombie is and now it's just um to market it i mean they have they have books the zen of zombie which really didn't have anything to do with zen but it's kind of about how to use <laughs> zombies Zombies, uh, how zombies act in your personal life, um, you know, like to make, you know, for, to do better in, in your business and do better in your life, you know, and it's in, and the Zen part is kind of like zombies don't think they just do. And that's kind of a, kind of a Zen idea. It's, it's crazy, but it's, 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 it's fun, you know, but people can do that now. Um, and, and part of what really prepped the mainstream for this were Max Brooks's books. You know his uh, his zombie survival guide, which is done completely deadpan, straight faced. You know, right. and then his World War Z, which was an excellent piece of of fiction, um, about you know it was an oral history of the zombie war, and and so it's a very sellable idea now, which makes which of course raises the question, right? Why are people buying this? Why do people want to buy stuff about this? This you know scary menace and, and all this when really isn't there enough to be scared of already? Sure. I mean, I think, um, I, I think one, one thing that, that certainly, you know, hits me going, going through this series and watching all these movies. And as we record this here in 2009 is, um, you know, all you have to do is really look at a few headlines and, you know, I'm sure everybody has been affected somewhat by some of the economic things going on, but you know, it really tends to some of the imagery and some of the the sort of hyperbole that that people talk about uh, anything that's going on uh, in the world today. You know, and and this is due to really just the media trying to survive. But uh, you know, I think we're all sort of having this apocalyptic ideas and imagery constantly pushed on us, and I, I wonder if maybe that's Made us a little more, uh, a little more open to these these zombie stories. This this idea, you know, maybe maybe it's it's hitting us on a on a stronger level now. Yeah, I mean, I think so. It's uh, you know, the the uh, we don't want to watch uh, 
Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire dance to Top Hat and, and with all the money and everything. We want to let's see people having as tough a time as we are, but with something different. Right. <laughs> and also, you know, I've talked to a lot of people um, uh, about zombies, you know, and people come up to me a lot of times. Oh, you're Sean Hodge, you're the zombie guy. And so they always want to they always want to talk about zombies, which is great. I love to talk about zombies. Um, but you get this sense of excitement where, especially among like college guys and stuff like this. Where it's like, I hope we, ha- I hope there is a zombie attack because <laughs> I want to, <laughs> you know, because I really, I have a plan. Right, have, it's a high ground and all this stuff, you know, and it's and it's funny because some of these plans that people have actually could be quite effective when there's an actual real emergency. Yeah, I think I think it's really interesting to have people sort of uh, fantasizing about the apocalypse and what <laughs> what they would do in this very specific situation. I mean, it used to be religious. The apocalypse always used to be a religious apocalypse where, where there would be no more suffering, um, you know, the kingdom of God or whoever on earth, you know, and things like this. And it seems like as, as you know, people become less religious, not even really understanding their own religion, let alone the religions of others, but they, they see the apocalypse as a chance to let loose, to not have to follow the everyday rules. That's part of in the original Dawn of the Dead, why they can go. And they're essentially robbing all the stores, right? They're not paying for anything. They, they rob the bank. They rob the gun store. They take all the stuff for themselves. And then they, they of course, get mad when the biker gang comes to, to steal stuff from them all because it's ours, we took it, and, you know, that starts all the problems there. Um, in, in, uh, in the remake of Dawn of the Dead, um, you've got, you've got Someone uh, someone dies. I don't want to give away it's you know a spoiler there, but and has a boat, and so they they take the boat. I mean they they take it. They can do what they need to do to survive. The regular rules are off, and in that way, it is like a religious apocalypse. The old ways of living are are, are gone, and we have to adapt to this new way of life. And maybe it'll, maybe it'll be better. Maybe it won't. It's not it's not as clear as with a you know if you're a, a you know <laughs> if you're judged good, you go into the heavenly realm, and bad, you go into the hellish realm. Um, you know, it's not quite that straightforward. Um, some people say, you know, if I, I, I used to say, if there's a zombie, if there's a real zombie infestation, first thing I'm going to do is try to find a zombie and have him bite me. Um, because I want to be on the winning side. <laughs> it's going to, it's going to happen eventually. Right. I mean, it's like, I don't want to be holed up in some dingy, you know, dingy little room with nothing to eat or drink and people going insane and stuff like that. You know, as I talked about in an earlier podcast, it's, the other people you have to watch out for in these zombie stories, not always just the zombies. Um, I think he did a good job of that in uh, Land of the Dead, Romero. I think he did a good job with that, showing just the, the avarice and the, and the stupidity of people. Um, the zombies almost in that one, and some people thought he went a little overboard with this. Other people thought it was just perfect. Um, but he had the, the zombies were almost noble. Zombies were doing what zombies do. They walk They walk around, they'll bite you if they see you. Otherwise, they kind of mind their own business and shovel around and, and moan and stuff like that. But the people, they go and they're, they're raiding the zombie areas and shooting the zombies and, and, you know, who haven't done really anything to them personally, you know. And, um, and they're, they're uh, building these castles where they keep the zombies out because the zombies are the, are the unwashed, unwanted. And uh, it, it's, it's really funny because... Um, the, the regular rules they just they go they go by the wise the wayside and you mentioned you mentioned uh land of the dead there actually is uh, you reminded me there is actually another little sort of mall scene i think in the 
in the big condo building we're talking about right. where only the rich people are allowed to live. There's a there's a scene where uh when things when everything's finally does break loose and the zombies, you know, infiltrate, there's there's almost you you can really feel uh from the way Romero puts that scene together, you can really feel he he's enjoying the zombies yeah. ripping up the the rich people that live in the tower. Yeah, the rich people are really surprised, right, that this happened. And they get, uh, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely torn apart. Um, and it, they just seem so, so panicked because there hasn't been this slow decline there, right? There, there's been, you know, everything's, oh, look, life can be like it used to be. Uh, Fiddler's green. It's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's just a beautiful way to live. And they've got the, they've got the, the very clean upscale sort of feel to the mall. And then people are getting pressed against the, the mirrors and the glass and getting their necks bitten. And it's kind of amazing. <laughs> it's kind of, and, and yeah, you get the sense that he really enjoyed that. Um, and then he goes, then he, then he has a uh, diary of the dead, which um, shows what happens when some people are trying to, they're just trying to survive. It was in a way it's a more quote, you know, realistic, more plausible maybe way of, of looking at it. Um, and it doesn't have that, you know, them going crazy and 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 partying and you know let's let's use everything up since we're since we're all going to die anyway. Um, and it's a totally different feel, you know. And um, I think I think that that's one of the things that makes Diary of the Dead really worth watching. Do do you do you fancy yourself the drunken professor from Diary of the Dead, Sean? I any name the drunken pot smoking <laughs> le- lecherous professor from any movie. I want to fashion myself after Donald Sutherland in Animal House, <laughs> but I haven't found my Karen Allen yet. <laughs> well, I think we'll, I think we'll wrap up there. Uh, okay. Thanks, thanks for uh, joining us again, Sean, and uh, everybody. Please uh, join us again next week, where we will be uh, discussing a very interesting idea uh, related to zombies called. Uh, She's not your mother anymore. That's what we're calling the episode. We're going to take a look at Freud's Uncanny and how it relates to zombie fiction. Thanks again, Sean. Ah, thank you.